You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 53, Ava Hennessy. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have Irish pole dancer Ava Hennessy. On this episode, we talk about Ava's transformation from being scared to even take a pole dance class to working professionally as a stripper, how pole dance helped her conquer her body confidence and self-love issues, and we chat about her taboo pole show, which is a showcase she created to celebrate the sexy side of pole dance. And as always, check out Ava's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And if you're enjoying these episodes, it would be really rad if you'd leave a review on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and share with your pole homies. And now, here's Ava. Welcome, Ava Hennessy, to the Pole Parlor <laughs> Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us from Ireland. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you're most welcome. So let's jump in with the questions we ask everyone. For how long mm-hmm. have you been polling, and how did you first discover pole dance? Um, I think I started pole dancing in... 2013 and I always feel really bad when I'm like I think because I always see you know people putting up on Facebook it's like their pole anniversary (laughs) but um (laughs) ish yeah (laughs) it was probably 2010 I had found a YouTube video it was Felix Kane her 2006 yeah everyone's seen it yeah (laughs) and I was like watching it and I was I didn't understand what was going on like I didn't know if she was in a strip club I didn't know that pole dancing was even a thing (laughs) so I remember watching it and obviously being like amazed and you know trying to figure out where she was so I like started googling things started googling her name and then I was like oh cool like pole dancing is this way that you can get fit um but where I lived at the time there wasn't any where was that pole dancing um, it was in the west of Ireland, okay. so it's very kind of rural, uh, kind of country town. So we didn't have any studios. There's one now, but there wasn't one in 2010. Um, so I moved to Dublin the following year, and straight away I was like, I want to, you know, learn how to pole dance. But I was so nervous. I, I think I had an idea of what pole dancing was. I thought it was going to be like, you know, really kind of. I didn't think it would be as friendly as what it is. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't have any dance background, really. I did some dance growing up, but I never stuck at anything. Um, and I wasn't in any way fit. So I was like looking it up. I found Arlene Caffrey's studio. Hey, we love Arlene. Yeah. Cascast yeah. on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, so I found the studio. It actually took me two more years before I was brave enough to even message her and ask her if I could yeah (laughs) so I think I may have messaged her and then chickened out and then didn't go 
And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And I went in and I nearly didn't go. Like I was trying to find every excuse not to go because I was so nervous. I was like, oh, well, you know, it starts in like an hour. The traffic's really bad. So, you know, I might not make it in time. (laughs) Wow. Little did you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it's been on and off since then it, it haven't been consistent I always took breaks um mm-hmm. probably consistently for the last two years but I would have started in 2013 okay so I'm glad you finally went and realized at the Irish Pole Dance Academy is the name of the studio and mm-hmm. so I know that you began stripping mm-hmm. so what that was after you start because yeah. that's not always the story. So a lot of people start stripping and then they realize there's a pole and then they want to learn how to do things on it. That's been all of our past guests experience. Mm-hmm. So you have the opposite experience, which I thought was really interesting to have you on and talk about is that mm-hmm. you start a polling and we're like, Hmm, I can do this in a strip club. So can you take Mm -hmm. us on that journey from like, you were scared to walk into a pole studio to. (laughs) To stripping. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's something that I was curious about. Um, I, when I mentioned earlier, when I saw Felix's video and I wasn't sure if she was, you know, I I couldn't wrap my head around what I was watching. I didn't realize there was pole dance competitions. The only time I'd ever seen somebody on a pole would have been on TV, you know, like in a strip club or whatever. So um, I was always curious. Um, And then when I moved to where I am now, I live in Galway. Uh, I didn't have a job and I noticed that there was a, a strip club here and I kind of just thought about it for a while. But again, I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll do something else. Like, I don't need, you know, I just I never thought that I would start stripping, um, but I was still always very curious. So it was uh, over a year ago I was working for a big company Um I won't say what company it was, but it was a big <laughs> technology company. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and... I was so unhappy doing the job. I was like getting up in the morning and I was just crying because I just hated the work. I feel like we've all been there before. Yeah, Yeah. that's an awful feeling. Yeah. And I was just feeling really sick. And then like I was, you know, just having like these random crying episodes throughout the day. So I had to like sit down and talk to myself and be like, what are you doing? (laughs) There has to be more to life than getting up every day and doing a job that you're not happy with. So I quit and I didn't have any backup. I was just like, I just need to get out of here. I'd given two, I think I'd given... Um, a month's notice because they told me if you give a month's notice you can always come back but if you just quit like now then it's very unlikely that we'll ever take you back again so I gave my month's notice and I think I got to four days and I was just like mentally checked out over yeah. yeah I was like I can't I can't do this so I quit and I didn't have any backup um and then I met a really good friend of mine now her name is Katrina and she told me that she worked in the strip club here and I was like okay like I've thought about it before and you know I was like asking her all these questions because in Ireland stripping is really different to in a lot of clubs in America um, we're very similar to the UK as in you know there is pole dancing but we don't get tips for pole dancing yeah so, what's it do you get a like I know in Canada they get 
like a um, they get a set amount for their stage show plus they get tips and then here I know that's not the, tr- the, tr- the case so what how does it work in Ireland to get paid um, so the only thing that you get paid for in Ireland is private dances oh interesting there, yeah there is pole dancing involved but that's more like a selling point for you that's how you get your private dances is so you don't get dancing. tipped for po- the pole dancing and you don't get paid by the club to pole dance no that no. is just kind of like you doing your marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure it's like that in a lot of UK clubs as well. And I think it's because of our money. Um, I know that a lot of, you know, you have dollars, whereas yes. we have, in Ireland, we have euros and they're coins. coins. Yeah. So, I mean, even, I mean, people could tip you if they wanted to, but there just isn't a huge tipping culture in Ireland anyway. No, um, I've been to Dublin and it was so weird to mm. me that like you didn't tip the bartenders and I was like doing it anyway, but apparently yeah. that was not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even in bars and stuff, they'll have tip jars, but you know, it's not like, I don't think it's overflowing. People yeah. will put money in there, it's but not it's your not your culture to do that. Totally. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, um, because I had never been in a strip club, I had only seen it from TV I was like oh so you know asking her questions I was like do you get um you know paid for pole dancing that's how I had it in my head that you'd walk in and there would be poles everywhere and she was like no you know we pole dance but that's not what you're paid for and I was like oh okay (laughs) and then I was like I don't know if I want to do this anymore (laughs) I was just scared you know it was the fear of the unknown it was like oh so it's not pole dancing I have to go and give private dances and that was really scary to me because I hadn't you know done anything like that before um so she was you know saying why don't you just try one night you know you don't have to stay after that night just see how you like it and if you don't like it or you feel like when you get there that you just don't want to be there then no one's going to make you stay like it's not like they're paying you to be there yeah so inside a contract or anything yeah um so yeah I just I went and I tried it out and I made I don't know beginner's luck I made a few hundred on the first night and then I was like okay I'm just going to do this for a while and see wow. see how it goes yeah so you do, so do you do, do you feel like your stage show with your pole helps people want to hire you to do the private dances? And then what is involved in the private dance? Let's, let's be real. Yeah. Um, so in the particular club that I work in, there is, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's backwards, but I, again, the culture is different. We wear dresses on the floor. Okay. Um, and I think the whole idea is, you know, maybe if people come in and see us in lingerie or in tiny outfits that they won't want to pay okay. yeah. for private dances because that's the only way that we make our money. So it's um, topless dances and they are not exactly lap dances. We're not actually allowed to give a lap dance. Oh, okay. But you can still be very close to the customer. Okay. Um. So when I had started, I was too nervous to talk to anybody like all these men were coming in and I was kind of like sitting there like, don't talk to me. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just, (laughs) you know, again, it was the fear of the unknown. And even when I had been searching things online because I'd only ever seen American clubs, you know, on TV or whatever, um, I was looking for a blog, you know, my first night stripping or something just to get like an idea of what it's like when you go in. Yeah. And all of the blogs were American blogs as well. I couldn't find anything even from 
the UK for some reason. Maybe it was the way I was wording it, but I was just like, just really didn't know what to expect. Um, <laughs> so I was just sitting there, didn't want to go. And then um, it was another girl who had been talking to a group and they could pick another girl to go in as in like a double dance. Uh-huh. So I kind of went in with her and I, it was strangely comfortable for me because I had an agreement b- before I went that if I went in and I was completely horrified by it, I wouldn't go back. You know, if yeah. it was something that I was deeply uncomfortable with, then I wouldn't go again. I would just, you know, start from the beginning and just look for another job. Um, but yeah, I was really comfortable with it. And I just, I didn't mind taking my clothes off. It was just, it's a job in another way. You know, you're just doing it to work. Yeah. Um, and it's um, a yeah. private room or is it a big, mm-hmm. big room? Okay. Um, yeah, well, there's two, uh, two kinds of dances. I think it's the same in a lot of clubs. Um, one dance is more expensive than the other. One is like a, a table dance or a distance dance. And then one is a, a closer dance. What is, I've always wondered that because table dancing happened, I believe before, at least you're in the U S before the, the private lap dances. So what is the difference between a table dance and a private lap dance? Um, well, I suppose it wouldn't even be a table dance in our club. It's just a word that kind of gets <laughs> thrown around. A table dance would be generally in some clubs you have tables with poles. Uh-huh. So people might sit at a booth and then. Oh, yes. I know. What this yeah. Is. Yeah. So a girl will get on the pole and dance for a group of guys. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure it's different in every club. But for us, it's just a distance dance. So it's not as, you know, yeah. close, whereas the more and it's in a public room. So, you know, there could be other people getting dances at the same time, which some guys are uncomfortable with. And I can understand that, you know, mm-hmm. they might want to have a bit more privacy. So the VIP room would be a private room and it's a closer dance. It's more personal because it's just you and one other person instead of sitting there with a group of people. I mean, money-wise, it, it is still a sales job. Yes. I think a lot of girls might not realize that when they go in, that, you know, it's great to be able to pole dance and it's really good, you know, if you look good. But a lot of the times it's how you speak to customers that come in and it's how you're able to sell the dances. There's a lot of selling involved. People, you know, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, it must be easy or, you know, anyone can do it. And it's like, no, no <laughs> that's, <yeah>. that's not true. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely you could do that if you went for maybe a cheaper dance. But for me, I'm, you know, you always try and sell the more expensive one. It's better for you. But if um, if somebody went for one of the cheaper dances, they might then want to go for a more expensive one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your job to talk them up to the next one if you start at the cheaper one. So I'm so glad that you brought up of how your perception of the strip club was that it was just a big room with poles and that it was just like girls dancing and like that's how you made your money because I recently had this conversation with Anne-Marie Davies of United Pole Artists and it is bringing sexy back month by the way so it's kind of cool to be speaking with you on that too because we're going to go more into sexy pole dance Mm -hmm. later but so People wonder, like, oh, why are people confusing pole dance and strip clubs? And why can't people tell the difference? And why do we even have to talk about them at the same time? And you kind of just nailed it right there, where it's like, most people do not know the difference. And the funny thing is, the reality is, 
and your experience was that it's actually not the same thing. It's kind of like the media sold us on this because in a movie, if they're going to a strip club, you, it's way easier to just show a lot of people dancing on a pole and say that's what a strip club is as opposed to what your experience really is, which is like, oh, you have to come into this back room and – you know, you can't really show that in a movie or television. So it's like, mm-hmm. we kind of just nailed it right there. There has been this like global perception of a, what a strip club is and that it's so inherently focused on pole dancing when the reality is that's not what it is. And kind of the, the media sold us on mm-hmm. that. Well, I think, I mean, I can only speak for the club that I work in and I know that other clubs in Ireland are similar. I definitely, there has to be clubs in America that focus a lot on, you know, pole dancing and there, there's obviously big clubs where people throw lots of money on the stage. Um, But I think the reason it's in the media so much is because it looks glamorous and it's the same when you watch music videos, it looks really cool. And like in, in my club personally, I don't even do many tricks. I might do one trick. I might go upside down once. I know some girls that do loads of tricks and that's cool. But for me, I don't feel that that's what sells the dancing. You know, a lot of people that come in are oblivious to what you're doing anyway. So you might do this really cool trick and get really tired afterwards. Uh But the men that are standing there, they don't know (laughs) any different a lot of the time. We've talked to past dancers about that and they say, you know, if you're doing tricks, you're wasting your time because you should be canvassing yeah. the floor. And that, mm-hmm. in fact, these clubs where the girls are doing their tricks is not traditional. That is mm-hmm. recent. And it is because of, I think, it grew with the emergence of pole dance. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, definitely. Those clubs where people are throwing the dollars and the girls are doing mm-hmm. crazy tricks on the pole, that's a new thing. That's, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, in the grand the grand picture of, of strip clubs. So, and it mm-hmm. kind of emerged at the same time as pole dancing. So, um, just throwing that out there. Yeah, definitely. And I know some girls at work that they do crazy tricks and I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But I also know other girls that make a lot of money that don't do any tricks. Yeah. They might do one spin and the rest is more kind of sensual dancing around the pole, more floor work. And, I think that's just what I started doing when I went in first. I was like, oh, I need to do all these, you know, moves. Yeah. Um, but it's gotten to the point now where I might do like a layback and the rest is floor stuff, you know, because as well, you might have to go for a dance straight afterwards. Yeah. And you don't want to do like this crazy set. Personally, I don't want to do this crazy yeah. set and like be really tired and then sweaty and then have to go in. do a dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's let's transition since you brought that up about doing mm-hmm. the the sexy dance and how you do mm-hmm. still like doing the pole even if not in the club because you are creating a pole show mm-hmm. and it's called Taboo Pole Show. Yeah. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, and it's really funny because I didn't have any idea what I was doing when I started this. So there wasn't like, (laughs) no, it just snowballed a bit. (laughs) Um, But I had an idea because I really like to perform. I really enjoy performing now. And for me, there wasn't any show that I could find that, you know, I could be like, I want to come and dance. Um, We have, you know, variety shows where you might have burlesque, you might have pole, comedy, and it's just a mix of everything. 
But, and as well, I know there are some showcases, like Arlene always does the Bringing Sexy Back showcase every year in her studio and stuff like that. But I really wanted, um, you know, to get some friends together and just throw like a really sexy pole show um, and focus a lot on stripper style and exotic dance because, you know, some of the girls that are performing may work in strip clubs or, you know, they their style of dance is a lot sexier. So... I was sitting at home and I was kind of like, okay, so I want to do this. Um, so I just started sending out messages to some pole dancers that I knew, but some that I had just maybe followed and scrammed and really know them. I just started this big group chat, not even thinking that anyone would even be interested <laughs> in coming here to do a show. Little did you uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everyone was like, yeah, definitely. We want to go. Um, I mean, Arlene is going to perform too. Um, we have Kitty Valore. She's coming from the UK. Oh, another past podcast guest. Yeah. I love Kitty. <laughs> I love Kitty. <laughs> we talk a lot on Facebook. I met her, um, last month in person, but we'd been chatting a lot and I told her, you know, that I was doing the show and I wanted to ask her advice because I have followed the, um, ELSE, the East London Stripper Collective. They yep. do their show. And I really like the idea of having like the fake dollars because, again, we don't get that over here. You know, we don't get the tipping thing. So I wanted to ask her um, opinion on the show and like, you know, where did they get the money from? Did she mind if I kind of used that idea because that was the only show this side of the world that I had seen that done? I didn't want to steal something. And she was like, no, go for it. Like, totally. That sounds like fun. I want to come and perform. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she's going to come here and she's going to teach workshops while she's here, too. So when when is the show, by the way? It is the 25th of August. So next month. Was it all by invitation only or did you have it open? Um, so I had asked a few girls from Ireland and then they were all like, yeah, really want to come. And then when Katie said she wanted to go and I had shared the event on Facebook, all of a sudden other dancers from the UK started commenting saying, oh my God, I want to come and dance. And I really couldn't believe it because I was like, I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) So I was messaging them and like, do you really want to come? And they were like, yes. So um, there's still like two or three people from the UK that I need to confirm. I don't want to say just in case because they're kind of busy. So, but hopefully. Wow. So is it going to be at a club, at a private venue? Where is it taking place? Um, so originally I wanted to have it at a nightclub. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of like, if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it big and I wanted to, you know, do it properly. I'm like a perfectionist with everything. So I was like looking up, you know, the inside of venues thinking, what did I like? Um, but unfortunately, if you're going to have something on the weekend and you can't tell them how much money it's going to bring in, you know, they're not going to close down a nightclub for you to come and do a show. So I was kind of thinking there is one venue here. It's called um, Seven. Okay. Um, they have an upstairs stage area that's normally used for bands. They have live shows and stuff like that. So um, we're going to do it there. Cool. It's, it's Yeah, it's a start. I think I was, you know, it's the first time I'm ever going to do a show. And I feel like this is only the beginning. So for me, it was a cheap venue to, to have. Um, it's a big enough space. The stage is big. It's probably the only place that I could think of that had a big enough stage to fit two poles. 
So for me, it's the beginning. And then after that, hopefully, what if, you know, it's successful, we can move around and we can try other venues. And But you have to start somewhere. And even yeah. if it's starting at a studio, you know, mm-hmm. I like putting the idea out there if people are thinking about these things that, like, you don't mm-hmm. have to invest a huge amount of money and don't mm-hmm. let that stop you. Find something that works, start small. And look, you have no event experience. You've never done anything like this before. And you kind of just put out the idea and people really flock to it because it's something that people want. Yeah. Yeah. And And I think, yeah. um, And I think that's true because there is the only um, even competition that I can think of in Ireland that is, you know, that has a a sexy category is pole theater and there's Mm -hmm. classique. But I mean, I would love to even have, you know, I'd love to see Dance Filthy last year. I was like, I really want to go to the UK and at least watch it because we don't have a lot of those things in Ireland for whatever reason. Um, So I was like, I'd really like, you know, and I just wanted it to really celebrate the sexy side of pole because that's my favorite style. And I know a lot of people, it's their favorite, but they might not have a lot of opportunity to express it here. You know, obviously showcases are important and I love when studios have showcases like Arlene's one. Um, But I just wanted more of an event where people from the outside could come and see too and have more of a fun kind of, you know, it's not just pole dancers. There's people that can come. They might have never seen any kind of pole dancing before or they might be interested to start pole dancing. You know, a lot of the girls that are... Yeah, exactly. And um, a lot of the girls that are performing, they have studios you know, so I thought it could be even good for them to promote their businesses. Yeah. So, so what is the, is this a showcase or a competition? It's a showcase. Cool. And so mm-hmm. what is like, what is the vision statement of it? I think you touched on it. It's like a sexy, but mm-hmm. did you have like a, a vision that you wanted to share for it overall? It's like celebrating, celebrating the sexy erotic side of pole dance. It seems like, mm. Yeah. And the reason I think that's so important is um, I'm not going to say that Ireland is backwards. It's not. We're getting there, but it is still a very Catholic country. As I say, it's a conservative Catholic country. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I called it taboo, because, you know, it's uh, a lot of people are kind of afraid to express themselves sexually. And for me, I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong, you know, with um showing that side of yourself it's a natural part of being human and I know that a lot of countries that may have had a large hold or you know religion has had a large hold over Ireland for such a long time that people are almost afraid to even talk about sex or you know anything to do with it so for me it's like I would just love for it to be a normal thing (laughs) you know people can just come and watch and not feel embarrassed or feel weird about it like you can just go and do it and and watch it and enjoy it and it's it's normal and it seems to me that you're creating what you wanted your experience to be in the strip club that it wasn't which was a stage performance and using Mm -hmm. the pole um Mm -hmm. to bring up my conversation, I talk with Anne-Marie a lot about things because I'm working with her on the Fistful of Steel documentary, but we were chatting about how, you know, her experience with stripping, um, not to speak for her, but was that she loves being on stage and she loves being sexy. Mm-hmm. But with a, as with a lot of people um, in that become strippers, 
the downside is the lap dances and the one-on-one dances. And it's not really what the media sold them or it's not really Mm -hmm. what they had in mind for Mm -hmm. what they wanted an experience to be. So I've just had this realization lately that like these sexy pole shows, the taboo pole shows and the dance filthies, it's like women who love the idea of stripping, which is dancing sexy on a stage for people and, Mm -hmm. and, feeling that empowerment and that sexual freedom. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. creating that without having to do perhaps the the lap dance, the one-on-one dances. Mm-hmm. That that inherent part of the stripper industry that maybe a lot of people don't connect with as much. Yeah, and I will say um I mean obviously I don't I I don't feel like I am as creative at work, you know, because you're there to make money. You're there to kind of just go through the motions and it's not like, yeah, it's not like, oh my God, I can't wait to go and give a lap dance, but I don't not like it either. You know, I feel like, um, a lot of people come to the club for different reasons. You know, they might be lonely. They might be there for fun. It could be a stag party. It's, you know, I do enjoy the work like any job, you know, it's got ups and downs. So, I mean, I like to express myself sexually. It doesn't mean that I'm thoroughly, you know, enjoying a dance, but I'm happy it's a service. Yeah. You know, it's, and again, it's a normal thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, anybody wanting to come to the club and watch a woman dance. You know, it's been one of the oldest trades and it's been around since the beginning of time. Um, but it's not, I suppose, like we said, what I thought it would be. Um, and the whole idea, like you were saying around the show was to be able to get up there and I suppose kind of express myself creatively yeah. and dance the way that I want to dance. And so, yeah, the whole idea behind the, the show was just to be able to get up and for us to express ourselves creatively. Um, but to be able to, I suppose, celebrate like the sensual side of dance as well. Yeah. There's something about kind of taking control of your own performance and not having to do it to sell something else and to be able to like do the costume and mm-hmm. the music and do the stage show. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just love this emergence of this like intersectional um, events that is, that is pole dance, but is like kind of this, this ode to the stripper, but it's kind of like this, but I come at it from a pole dancer perspective thing. And uh, it seems like that's what, what you're doing. So wishing mm-hmm. you, you so much luck with it. And I can't wait. I'm going to obviously put the links to everything in the show notes for, mm-hmm. for people to, to go check out. And again, like you don't, you don't come from this background. You're figuring this out as you go. So if you are in mm-hmm. a small town where you're like, uh, oh, this doesn't exist. I want it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've no experience with um, organizing any kind of show, but I just have that in me that I am a perfectionist with things. So if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. And I know it's the first thing. Things are probably going to go wrong so far. It's been really smooth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can only imagine what's going to go wrong on the day, but it's all learning. And I've definitely learned a lot already about, you know, where I need to be spending money and, you know, what exactly I need to be putting into the show and how many dancers, you know, because I just got so excited. We have like 13 dancers (laughs) and I'm like, you know, it's great, but just it's all a learning curve. Kitty did help a lot. I asked Kitty for a lot of advice because I know that she was newly running shows as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah, and I'm I'm enjoying it. 
Good. And you're coming from a community, the Polk community, which we love. That Mm -hmm. is a great resource. And we're just so lucky to be part of a community where people are willing to to share and help out and partake in things. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking you started off this podcast saying how it took you three years to get your butt to a pole studio (laughs) because you were so nervous. And now you're like, I'm a stripper and I'm throwing a sexy pole showcase. Yeah. How did, yeah, I, how, what was, what was stopping you in the beginning and what happened on this journey that gets, that got you to where you are today? Um, if you ever need an example of somebody who like completely flipped their, um, self-confidence, it's me. Like I grew up and I had no confidence. I was really shy. I like suffered from anxiety a lot when I was younger. I still do a small bit, but you know, I was just really unhappy with my body um, I was really embarrassed of my body. People don't believe me when I tell them I was overweight because I was for years. And I um, I wasn't very fit. I tried losing weight in different ways. I tried going um, to the gym and stuff like that. But I used to have like major hang ups about my legs and I would never wear shorts. I would never wear um, dresses. I would never have my legs out. And I just really didn't like them. So that was one of the reasons. And it sounds so silly, but that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to pole dance because I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to wear shorts in front of all of these people. Such a <laughs> shame, gonna... man. I know it's silly, isn't it? And I went there and then I remember even going and like leaving the room to change, which is hilarious now because I like go in and just like whip my clothes off. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, so. I was really nervous. But then I think you see all these other women and they come in and they're in all different shapes and sizes and you realize that you're not judging them for what they look like. So there's, you know, no way they're going to be judging you for what you look like is what I think. Um, So it was like kind of a slow journey. I've definitely lost weight from pole dancing and just like lifestyle changing too and thinking of my body in different ways. Um. But yeah, I mean, pole dancing definitely helped a lot with body confidence because I all of a sudden had to do things that I wouldn't do, even just wearing shorts. You know, I would have never done that before. So and it's silly. Everyone like I I do get compliments on my legs and people are like, oh, you know, how do you get like those calf muscles or how do you get like big thighs or whatever? And that's just how my legs have always been. And I never, ever like them. And people are like, I don't believe that you didn't like your legs like I didn't. (laughs) But it was like seeing other people being mm-hmm. being open and free, I guess, and like mm-hmm. not just thinking, oh, there's this one bot- like body shape and it has to be super skinny and it has to be like mm-hmm. little legs or tiny waist or, you know, whatever size boobs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel this about pool a lot that people really transform the most in terms of confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's a really good way to express yourself. But like that, you just get so used to wearing, you know, minimal clothing. And it is so true. And it's funny, you know, when you see um, things about like the longer you're pole dancing, the less clothes that you wear. It's like you start off in leggings and a T-shirt and then you move on to like long shorts. And then all of a sudden you're wearing these really skimpy shorts. (laughs) But um, yeah, it just becomes for me, it just became normal to look at my body a lot because before I didn't like to do that so you know you're in a studio there's mirrors everywhere 
you're wearing shorts you just get more comfortable with looking at your body well for me I did anyway and it just changed my view of how I looked at my body and I think um for women it's tough you know with an idea of how we're supposed to look because every time you turn on the tv or every time you go on facebook you're being sold something to change how you look whether it's you know something to get rid of cellulite or something to lose weight or you know lots of makeup or something that you need to like have you seen those clipping teeth I've started wow. seeing them on face. It's just like you just clip them over your real teeth so you can take selfies. <laughs> Gosh, I know. And I just, okay. this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like you see these things and I think this is fed to you from such a young age too. You know, from when you're a young teenager, you're seeing like shave your legs, put makeup on, mm-hmm. change your hair. And I really believe that it becomes kind of a... Um, a voice in the back of your head that, you know, you need to look a certain way to fit in. And I feel like the best thing that I found with pole dancing is you do meet people from different age groups, different sizes. And I just started to really accept my body for the way that it was, um, which is so important. I think there should be really, that's one thing that I never realized that would happen in pole was that you know, I would completely change how I viewed my body and how friendly an atmosphere and how supportive it is too. You know, everyone is like cheering for you to do things all the time. And like, even if you watch a showcase, like the reaction from the women in the audience mm-hmm. is just, you know, everyone is like, yes. <laughs> because they can almost see themselves in, you know, that's why your taboo pole event, when you mm-hmm. have it in this public place and you bring in people from outside the pole community, they're going to see you up there and they're going to say, oh my gosh, she's not a size two. And... Mm-hmm oh my gosh, she's doing this amazing, sexy thing and Mm -hmm. she's so confident and they're going to see themselves in you. Mm -hmm. And And I have had people say that to me before. Like the last um, performance I did was a few months ago and I had an idea that I wanted to get pretty naked. I wasn't sure how I felt about it because, um, you know, like that it wasn't in front of other pole dancers. It was in front of just a lot of different people that were coming to the show so it's a rule you have to cover your nipples but I was like I don't know do I want to get my boobs out do I want to leave them in I don't know so I just said I would tape them and then see how I felt towards the end and then (laughs) I had like a bit of a wardrobe malfunction where my bodysuit just popped open and I was like okay I just have to keep going with this like it wasn't supposed to happen so I just took it off (laughs) oh my gosh the universe made the decision for you (laughs) and I didn't have any problem in doing it I felt really good and afterwards um a few girls came up to me afterwards and they were like oh my god like you know, it's so nice to see somebody up there with curves and it was really good to see how confident you were in your body. And, you know, I think it's it's a good thing to see women with different body types being comfortable in their skin because we don't all look the same. Like you were saying, we're not all a size two. You know, we have cellulite and stretch marks and everything else. And it's normal. You know, that's a normal thing to have. And it doesn't mean you're not sexy or you can't be sexy. Yeah. Or that all of a sudden, like that sensual, that innate sensual nature is cut off because, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, you have a scar or like, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, not what I've ever seen. I don't see this on the models in the magazine or whatever. I think Mm -hmm. it's so important. What you're doing is so important. And I think 
people with platforms, it's so important to show diversity in body shapes, in colors, in backgrounds, in age when it comes to the pole community because like we're creating this this realistic reality of what mm-hmm. it, it what is what women and men look like mm-hmm. what humans look like and mm-hmm. and saying that it's okay yeah and definitely you because can, you still be sexy as hell or strong as hell or mm-hmm. you know bold as well or demure as well or artistic as mm-hmm. as hell be, you don't just have to be one way or fit one stereotype, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, I've seen, you know, a lot of plus-size women, and they're so sexy. Like, I've seen videos, and I'm like, oh, my God. That, you know, and it's so refreshing to see it. Um, and like you were saying, you know, oh, you don't look at the women in the magazines. The women in the magazines don't look like the women in the magazines. Yes, you know, everything true. is airbrushed <laughs> <laughs> and photoshopped. It's, you know, it's important um, to just be comfortable in your skin and... I do think that like sexy is up here. Yeah. Like it's a, a feeling and it's for everyone. It's not just for people that are a certain size or color or age. It's for everyone. If you can tap into it, it's so important. And that's why I love pole dancing because that's how I tapped into that part of myself. And that's how I started expressing, you know, that side of dance. Um, and actually when I started pole dancing, um, I didn't start in heels. I didn't own a pair of heels until maybe two years ago. Um, And I really liked a lot of contemporary dance. I still do. I like any kind of dance that you have an emotion. I think that's important. So whether you feel sexy or sad or happy or whatever it is, it's interesting to watch. So I started with kind of, you know, dancing around the pole, but I was afraid to experience myself more like on the sensual side because I was afraid that people would judge me for it and I was afraid that I'd look stupid or silly or whatever um so yeah I mean it's I've definitely changed and I'm, I'm still learning about my own style of dance I'm more comfortable in the way that I dance now mm-hmm. and sometimes I will dance without heels but um yeah definitely it's really helped me to kind of find that part of myself And I think this is like a perfect challenge for people since we are in the bringing sexy back month with United Pole Artists. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If it's something where you're like Ava or like me or like everyone's gone through where it's it seems like a scary thing for you to try to tap into, but maybe you're ready to experiment with it. This is like the perfect time to maybe try to film yourself or not film yourself, but just give Mm -hmm. yourself the opportunity to explore yeah. some sexy pole dance and then and see how it feels and see how it goes and I think you realize you don't look stupid no <laughs> you, you just it may feel awkward at first but mm-hmm. that's a part of you so mm-hmm. explore it this is like that's the challenge of this of this month mm-hmm. to ce- celebrate that part of yourself yeah definitely and I think when you're starting off with any kind of dancer you know kind of dancing sexy you're going to feel weird and you're going to feel silly. And I think that's important. You know, I, I think for me, I would just record myself. And even if I felt stupid, I would look at the video afterwards and be like, Oh, that actually looked kind of yeah, cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that more. <laughs> that's great advice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a journey, man, to go from like, ah, I need to find an excuse to not do this, to be like, I'm making a show. And now I'm telling yeah. people that 
the way I felt was was absurd and to, mm-hmm. to have that transformation, good for you. I'm so happy that thank you was like, yeah, I allowed you to to mm-hmm. to blossom into that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. So let's jump into um, some of the standard questions because I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a continuation of this conversation. But mm-hmm. um, number one, who is your pole crush? Um, I obviously knew this question is coming up and it's such a hard question to answer because I think most people like on the podcast, they have so many and I have so many. Yeah. Um, but recently I discovered Heather Williams. From um from the US. From Yeah. From Virginia. I know Heather. I just danced mm-hmm. with her at Polcon. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> her and yeah. Mia Burks have a workshop called Butter and Filth, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll put a link I, to that in the show notes because I think she's kind of emerging right now. Tell us about it. Yeah, her. she's amazing. Amazing. And um the competition that she was in, I I'm not familiar with the name of it. I think it was the first time I watched it, but um, I saw somebody share the video and I watched it. And like from the minute it started, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh my God, like just the way she moves, she's so fluid. And even if she didn't do one trick, I feel like that would have still been amazing, just the way that she dances. Um, so I shared that video and I like immediately added her as a friend. And then she was like, oh, my God, guys, like, thanks so much, you know, for like all the nice things that you're saying. And then loads of people were like, you know, commenting, asking, did she want to come to the UK and do workshops? So I hope that happens because I would love to do a workshop with her. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, she is a, such a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. I believe she was a stripper. Don't hold me to that. But it I- looks like she was a stripper. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, there's no way she wasn't a stripper. <laughs> yeah, because she moves like butter. And she has a workshop mm-hmm. that she's doing right now called Butter and Filth. And I believe she's the mm-hmm. butter. And Nia Burks, the person, the also amazing dancer that she's doing the workshop with, I believe is the filth. But Mm-hmm. they'll have to confirm um look them up they're amazing if, if you haven't heard of them already so inspirational okay yeah she doesn't do i don't i haven't seen her do crazy tricks but you can't take your eyes off her no yeah no and i don't think even for me i'm not really into crazy tricks i i do like obviously some tricks but for me it's about dancing like i just thought i was blown away by her completely Heather Williams. So, um, mm-hmm. no one's, yeah, that's a new one. So, thanks for sharing. Can I just say really quickly, too, like besides Heather Williams, I have like a couple. Of course. So, um, Felix Kane, Duh. obviously, because yeah. she was the first pole dancer I've ever watched. Uh, Alethea Austin, um, Michelle Shimmy, um, Lux, uh, so many. Eva Bembo. I love yeah. her. I th- she was the first person I ever saw with like Russian style dancing. So um, yeah, oh, there's so many, so many like Rhiannon White, Lauren Elsie. I could go on for the rest of the day. Like I just, I love so many people. <laughs> Great group. Always nice to, you know, <laughs> to be able to share that. It's always interesting to, to hear who people are, are into. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then next, how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? Um, I think for me, because I like the sexy side of dance, I would just like to see more sexy dancing. It sounds simple, but you know, I think, um, for, for me, I would love to have an opportunity to enter more competitions like dance filthy or more sexy style 
showcases and I know it's it's been around social media a lot there has been a huge divide with you know the sexy polars and the pole fitness polars and I suppose when I started it was more pole fitness I got into it to lose weight I didn't think that I would really enjoy the dancing as much as I did but um and I know that you made that video with the the origins of pole and you know how it did originate in strip clubs and it would just be so nice to not see that argument anymore. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? To stop yeah. crediting our amazing empowered community mm-hmm. to uh, giving mm-hmm. credit to like men in India uh, or China hundreds <laughs> of years ago. I just our think it's contemporary yeah, it's pole industry. It's like. That is not how that happened. Name no. who's your favorite Malakaham dancer? <laughs> you don't have one, you know. Exactly. But you know that's how I feel. Cite Fanya, or you can cite um, mm-hmm. Pantera, or mm-hmm. you know, one of Bobby. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. That's a great. Hopefully, in five years, we're still not fighting that fight. <laughs> yeah, and even you know, if sexy style dancing isn't your thing, at least you know, Recognize. just don't be mean about it. You know, you might not like it. There's a lot of styles of dance that I don't particularly. Not that I don't like them; they just don't interest me. But I just don't say anything about them. You don't so. try to discredit them. Yes, that's of the course. difference. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. just accept things. You don't have to try to discredit something because it's not your cup of tea. If it's yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, good one. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so I think we shared, I'm going to put your social media in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. I think we shared uh, everything. That, is there anything else coming up? Or, or you, you just started teaching, right? So is that mm-hmm. something that we can share real quick? Where are you teaching at? Um, yeah, so it is called The Coven Pole Dance Studio, which is really cool. I that name when I saw yeah. The Coven. Yeah. Yeah cool um it used to actually be Arlene's studio it was called studio 53 um she sold it uh the new owner her name is Adita and I had done my expert training a couple of months ago and I I had always wanted to teach like from when I fell in love with pole dancing I was like this has to be something that I do for the rest of my life like if I can make money doing something that I enjoy then you know it's gonna be a good time so um I had the computer company (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the unnamed one. The unnamed computer <laughs> global yeah. Yeah. corporation. Go on. <laughs> yes. Um, so I had messaged Adita and I just said, you know, I've just done my training. Can I come and maybe shadow a few of the instructors and just get some experience? And she was like, yeah, definitely. And then she was like, look, you know, we might need an instructor soon enough. So the job is definitely yours, which was so nice because I'd never even spoken to her before. Um, she's actually in the video, the taboo video, and she is going to be dancing in the showcase as well. Cool. So, yeah, she was, you know, really uh nice to just be like yeah you can have the job definitely so yeah so I've just started recently it's it's very new um but I'm already enjoying it so oh congratulations thank you that's awesome like another (laughs) Mm -hmm. step in like you know like you said creating um career jobs income whatever Mm -hmm. it is your life around doing things that you're really passionate about that's cool yeah I just I made a mental decision when I left my last job 
um, I just decided that I was no longer going to work in an environment that made me unhappy. And I mean, you spend a lot of your life working. Well, you start working when you're 17, 18. I think in Ireland, you retire when you're 65. So that's a big chunk of your life that you spend working. And I just looked at it like in a bigger perspective. And I was like, there's no way that I want to spend the majority of my life miserable and waking up crying and feeling sick because, you know, you have to enjoy your life. So, yeah, I just I kind of just was like not looking back. It was like tunnel vision, like this is what I'm going to do. So (laughs) good for you. That's so cool. Um, Awesome. So before we let you go, can you Mm -hmm. sign off with with an empowering message or quote or anecdote? Um, I don't really have a quote, maybe, maybe a message. And, um, I think just with the whole body confidence thing, um, and it would be to kind of say nice things to yourself because it's so easy to look at yourself and say, Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. You know, it's, I feel like it's a, a normal thing that people do all the time is put themselves down. And one thing that I really found helpful my own journey in body confidence was making an effort to say nice things to myself. And whether you believe it or not, you're going to start to believe it the more you say it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would have challenges with myself where I would look in the mirror every day and say, Oh, you look really good today. Your hair looks good. You know, whatever it is, it just to train your mind into thinking of yourself in a positive way. And the more you do that, it just becomes natural. I think that's a great challenge. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. mind is so powerful and our words Mm -hmm. are so powerful. And I know it's like so new agey woo woo, but it's true. Mm -hmm. If you, your immediate thought when you look into mirror in the mirror is to put yourself down, like there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, undo that programming and and put something Mm -hmm. good in there. Yeah, do it for four weeks. You know, have like a four week challenge with every morning. You get up, you look in the mirror and just say maybe three things that you like about your body and do that every day for four weeks. And I guarantee you're going to walk away from that and you're going to feel more confident and, you know, like yourself a bit more. So, (laughs) yeah. So I love that challenge. I'm going to do that for sure. Mm -hmm. And let me know how it goes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Always feel free to to reach out to to Ava or to me. would love to hear about it. I'm going to post this in the Facebook group too. So, um, so yeah. And if you guys aren't in the Facebook group, just look it up. Pole parlor, pole gang. Cause we can talk about these things more privately if you want. So yeah, I I had to shamelessly plug myself at the end. Sorry, (laughs) but this was about you. And, um, thank you so much, Ava, for joining us and, and sharing your story. I think it's something that, um, a lot of the things you touched on is relatable for a lot of us. So, Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to 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 hear your journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.